Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin Stoltzfus, and I am sitting here at my Uncle John's house in Tejeras, New Mexico. To my left is my Uncle Jay. Hello. Jay Stoltzfus, John Stoltzfus, and to my right is my Padre, Joel Stoltzfus. And if you're hearing some Jays there, you're not alone. There's more than that, even, in this family. There's Jerry. There's Jerry. Jeff. John, Joel, Jay, and Julie. Yeah. And my mom and dad are Jack and Jill. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. Jill Mama? No, they're Paul and Penny Marie. There you go. Yeah, okay. I wanted to sit down. We're actually here. Why are we here? Uh, because uh, it's kind of impromptu family reunion, which was uh, kind of, Uncle John, it was kind of your idea. We'd get together here. Yeah, the potluck yeah, tonight. My tonight. wife's idea, actually. Well, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so um, we are uh, going to be involved in a pretty neat uh, New Mexico film festival uh, called the Beyond Rubicon. If you hear laughing in the background, that's just the joy of the Stoltzfus family in the background. So, mm-hmm. um, But we're here to uh, – we're going to have a couple films featured in this film festival. So I'm pretty excited to be back in New Mexico with my mi familia and show off some of uh, some of the work we've done. But what I wanted to do is sit down and really talk to you as brothers growing up. Um, and I know Grandpa Stolzfus hunted. And I remember before he died... Um, he always asked me to take him hunting and it just the logistics just didn't work and I I feel horrible about it but you should feel pretty bad yeah thanks dad Um, but (laughs) I wanted to ask you how hunting in your family growing up I know grandpa I don't know how much he did it but I know he talked about it a lot Mm -hmm. and so well I remember in Ohio and Virginia that he talked about going bear hunting Right. Did, did, did that actually happen, or is that yeah, just Yeah, that actually imagine? happened a few times. And the thing I remember most is him trying to get in shape for it and running up and down the stairs from the basement to the first floor. There's only one flight of stairs. Yeah, yeah, I know, but he would go up and down and up and down and up and down trying to get himself in, in shape for the bear hunting. Where was he going to <laughs> bear hunt at? Well, well they, they had, yeah, this there was is quite the a few. Smoky Mountains. Yeah. Smoky okay, Mountains. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of bear in that. In so that. he was going to be covering some country, and he was just trying mm-hmm. to get in, in yeah. shape. Mm-hmm. I got you. And I assume he had buddies that had the hounds. and uh, Oh, so he was going to have to try and keep up with the hounds. Right. Chasing bears. Yeah. Oh, I got right. you. It was a and group of guys. Yeah. We were too young to go. I mean, that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been a thing for us. Mm-hmm. Of course, I wouldn't have been interested. So you wouldn't have that wouldn't have been no, your thing. hunting never interested me that, now dad the one thing that you did for me was you saw my love for it so you created an opportunity so I could go I did um, we married into a hunting family I married into a hunting family and they hunted every year and um I knew I was going to have to hunt because as soon as I got married, my father-in-law gave me a <laughs> Winchester Model 70, a pre, 270, a pre-64. Oh, it or was a, an no, it awesome was a, gun. A feather, uh, yeah, pre, it, it wasn't a feather light, but or a featherweight, or it wasn't one of the light ones. But it was. Well, it was a, a it was really, a really good nice. gun. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you gave so it to I me. was obliged to go. Yeah, I ended up giving it to you. Mm-hmm. And I went a couple years um, uh, to hunt with them, but just to get where you were old enough, where you would be able to go hunting by uh, with with one of your uncles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so I knew yeah. you wanted to hunt, but I didn't particularly care too much about it. But I did it so that you would have an opportunity to get connected. And then once you started going with your Uncle Virgil and your cousins, then uh, you didn't need me to take you anymore. I I remember, I have so many fond memories of that young uh, time, you know, er, those early hunts. Um, And I imagine I was just a pain in the keister. Well, you were okay. You're just a a lively child. You You just wanted to have fun. No, you know, you were great. Yeah, you you were you were obedient and you were cooperative. You were just interested. Yeah. And and full of energy and um, I had a lot of we questions. just had to get you to the point where you could uh, be on a hunt and you didn't have to have your dad along. Right. And I remember um, riding in the back of the scrambler. You know, through some of those roads. These are the mm-hmm. memories I have of that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, at the time, I just thought it was so cold. And now I realize it was New Mexico. It wasn't really that <laughs> it cold. Wasn't but, very cold. But for me, I, I remember it being cold. And, and then um, being with Uncle Davey that morning that I killed that first buck, or my first buck. And I just remember. It, well, you were ahead of me because I, I never killed an animal. Yeah. I mean, I shot at a couple across the, across <laughs> the canyon, but um, I just made rocks fly. <laughs> So, Joel, weren't you there when we were in Queens, New Mexico? I did go up and with... Uh, okay, so... so I often... I, I was interested in hunting and often drew a doe permit. And, and so Dad would then, take us up there. Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of a free-for-all, whoever... You know, I, would, I would tag the doe. And uh, I just remember one time when there were a bunch of us on a ridge and we were kind of all shooting and I, I think there were four or five of us saw doe and finally brought her down but we were not very good shots or very well trained or well I, I didn't know, shoot. you don't remember that well, I, I never I never I thought you were there shot. But, yeah. yeah and were you Uncle okay. Jay were you too young yeah well I went antelope hunting and I got an antelope it was last shot of the day and I fired and I got it and it fell over and we went and got it and this, I celebrated <clears throat> after that I never got anything ever did Wh- you when was that oh I was 12 or 13 and you went with grandpa I did yeah. after that grandpa and I went a couple times but he couldn't walk he right. got uh-huh. exhausted he couldn't make it we had to stop he right. just couldn't do it mm-hmm. yeah my, my only other hunting time was here in the mountains and I had a BB gun and I shot a bird and I got it and it made me feel terrible. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> so stop. Yeah. I think the thing I I remember a lot is just the the tents, the prep, being out there, not necessarily getting anything or bringing anything home, but just the joy and the being outside with everybody and being with my dad and other friends and uh, yeah, just the anticipation of going. Right. Uh, and then being in the woods, you know, I would have loved to have bear hunted, uh, but was too small because we moved from Virginia <clears throat> when I was in the sixth grade. 
And yeah, uh, so I was interested, but not able what, what to it, go. What interested you about bear hunting specifically? Just well, I think the uh, it seemed uh, enticing and exciting and scary. Yeah. Uh, knowing that you know the bear was uh, a little bit different than a deer because it could actually harm you. Right. Yeah. You um, don't you don't hear about, about a deer that coming into camp and killing everybody yeah, in camp, right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bear right. is right. has the has the natural right. Right. weapons, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So I think that, and then yeah, the excitement of the the hounds and and. I never experienced it, but I guess it's in my imagination from what I've heard or read. Or we used to read Outdoor Life a lot. Sure, sure. Dad was, would sit. Yeah, Dad would sit in the hallway between the three bedroom doors, where the where we were all sleeping, and he would read us stories. Mm-hmm. Well, he would tell us Bible stories, but he would also read us stories from Outdoor Life. Oh really? Yeah, and he w- and those were exciting. And different guys. That. I remember getting mauled by a bear and, and them uh, playing dead and surviving and you know those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. And then of course Jeff loved to uh, to hunt and he was tenacious about saving money to get his first rifle. Mm. Um, he would not eat his lunch so that he could have enough money to f- say and to save his money so he could he got a twenty two. Right first, yeah, yeah. He would uh, he would not eat his lunch. He would get his quarter or whatever, and just save him and save it up until he got it. Until he got a gun. I do remember he was more interested in hunting than uh-huh. than he was the most interested in hunting mm-hmm. of all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More than Jerry, right? But then I was too young, and but then I didn't really care either. I, uh-huh. I didn't care to be in a tent, and I didn't care to get up before the sun rose, and I didn't. Uh-huh care to be hungry yeah yeah yeah, it never appealed to me yeah i think we watched davy crockett and um you know daniel boone and those kind of tv shows Mm -hmm. and so the idea of being out in the woods and uh being a mountain man or uh in the forest and stuff always Mm -hmm. had a certain glamour and appeal to me and then I, I wasn't let down when I went out. I mean, I just really enjoyed being out there. Being out there was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. After, after I realized I didn't like seeing that bird fall over dead, I decided I still wanted to go out there. So I'd go out there and I'd take a camera and try to, you know, get a picture of a bird or get a picture of something that was right. way more enjoyable. <clears throat> but some of my very best experiences were in the outdoors, in the Ozark Mountains, I went to um, Arkansas to be a counselor for uh, the Stutzmans. They had a camp there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I rode a bus, went there, was a counselor, got to spend all this time in the woods, walking back through these creeks and rivers and swimming in these ponds. And that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So every every chance I got to be in the outdoors, that was, then the camera became the way I could shoot shoot the thing without... You're right. feeling bad. Sure, sure. And, you know, everybody has um, a reaction. There's always going to be a reaction, especially when something as final as taking a life. With Avery, for example, when I took Avery for the first time, um, the first time I took her, she wasn't hunting. She was just uh, in the blind with me, and I killed a turkey, and she was fine. 
but it's different when you do it. So then when we led up to that first point and um, she was able to kill her first animal, Charlie, my nephew, same year, took his first animal. And you don't know the reaction. And I remember asking both Charlie and Avery, because we were in Nebraska and turkey hunting, exciting, and Charlie killed his first bird and you know, it was exciting. And, and do you feel bad? And no, no, I, I, I mean, I don't. I don't I, neither one of them felt bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that I've also seen people that they didn't realize. They knew all of the prep and all of the, you know, was going to lead up to this. But when the moment happened, it was quite overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's okay, too. Um, I didn't really have that as much. Mm-hmm. I think I was probably more like Charlie and Avery, and the, the, it was the adventure. I sought mm-hmm. the adventure, and mm-hmm. I knew that this was part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you mentioned, Uncle John, I, I don't think that from the beginning I didn't classify a successful hunt as coming home, dragging a deer out, or notching my tag. It was just being out there. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was great the first year I killed – uh, the first deer I killed. How old were you when you I was got your 15. First? No, I was 14. Okay. And um, Car, my cousin Car was 15, and we were really close, but we were also very competitive. And he hadn't killed a buck yet, so of course I was the big dog. Mm. Then the next year I was 15, he was 16, and he killed his first buck. I didn't kill a buck that year, but his first buck was 204 inches, which is humongous. And mine was a little four mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. you know so he was the big dog <laughs> well he still is the big dog <laughs> um, but you know it was just so amazing at that point I don't remember and you correct me if I'm wrong Dad, we didn't take a bunch of <clears throat> pictures we weren't no. people kill a deer you'd hang it in the tree that's all you did well you hang it in the tree and then and then as soon as you can you get it where you can cut it up and eat it right and put it in the freezer that's right. what the point is, is I, I don't have any pictures of my first deer I, I mean mm-hmm. there were some good deer killed there when we were hunting I remember a lot of people had killed some pretty nice deer now yeah. that I look at back knowing mm-hmm. what I know now mm-hmm. we didn't take one picture we didn't think about that mm-hmm. because it was the, the adventure, adventure. Mm-hmm. it was being together and, and we had it here and now we have these phones that have better cameras than any of the cameras that were out at that time. Even and um, so it's, it's just kind of interesting mm-hmm. that we didn't do, we didn't do that and I think my first picture with a deer, I was, I was with Kip and I, they, Brandon and Bryce were young, but we'd both killed bucks and we took a picture and you know that's the first picture I have with a deer, mm-hmm. At, but it was just a different time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you didn't mount every deer you shot, mm-hmm. you cut it up and put it in the freezer and mm-hmm. you ate it. I think that. For me too, I always uh, dad. He loved to to eat weird things. Oh yeah, like he would like to he, pickle you know, he, pigs' he, feet, pickle pigs' feet, or or snapping turtles, um, anything he could Cracker find. Cracker soup. Yeah, he would. Uh, and so I always thought of hunting. You know, and anytime I think there was a time when the group got a bear, and then he brought home some bear meat, and um, I, I enjoyed trying new things. And I don't think I ever felt bad about killing anything. Like, I did do some dove hunting Mm -hmm. around Carlsbad, and that was a lot of fun. 
and then we ate them. And uh, the same with deer. I remember deer hanging uh, on the tree at, at uh, Vron, Vermont Street there in Carlsbad. Uh, and that being dad dressing that down and helping him to, mm-hmm. to dress it and then taking it to get some of it ground up and eating it and, and so forth. So I think uh, I never felt bad because I felt like we were doing it for you know, uh, the purpose of eating. And it wasn't like we were just killing it for the right, sake of right, killing right, it. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Sure. So. Did you guys have, was, it, was hunting a big, uh, with your friends, I mean, did you, have a, did you know a lot of people that hunted that were your age? Not me. I had somebody my age. That's why I went Who got shot. Oh, he was over a hill, a wild bullet. One of your friends? One of the Roth brothers, Tim or Ted. It killed him? Oh, that's no. That's a kid from church. No. Oh. No. No. But, but, he, he, but he, he took a bullet. Oh, my. My, my. <laughs> I think he was at the campsite. I wasn't with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess for me, I knew people that hunted. Yeah. But of course, I came <clears throat> from a hunting. You came from a hunting family. family. My, right. my mom's side of the family was very, very, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hunting. And uh, it, it, my love for outdoors, I think, started with even fishing. I think Uncle Virgil took us fishing when we we were very young, and exposed me to that. That would be bass interaction. Fishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they also went hunting so mm-hmm. i was like well i enjoyed that maybe I like you mm-hmm. know and so i think that's how it probably my first hunt was rabbit hunting with kip and todd mm-hmm. or something you know of course mm-hmm. back then um behind my grandpa's farm um and this is my mom's dad there was no houses and you could take a 22 or a shotgun mm-hmm. and just go walk and you could mm-hmm. jump up jackrabbits or mm-hmm. cocktails or mm-hmm. whatever and uh, so we did that quite a bit too and then then dove hunting and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i think that was kind of the progression i think for me there was something about big game hunting i don't the size of the animal i don't i don't know something about it was different like well you know it was the size of the animal but it was also the size of the trip that's true and the preparation and that you were going with the whole family and it's got grandpa and it's got uncle virgil and it's got david and 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 then it's got your cousins and and it's a whole big deal and there's the winnebago and there's the tents and there's and there's uh 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 who came down from Pie Town? Yeah, it was Poncho. Poncho came come down, down from Pie Town mm-hmm. and and cooking, yeah. cooking um, apple cobbler in the Dutch oven on a open fire. open fire. Yeah, that's true. And and just going up there and being in the camp, poker games, and I then think. poker games <clears throat> late oh, yeah. into the night, and yeah. Grandpa drinking Coke and, and Coke, Coke and, and stuff, whiskey till whiskey. Yeah. I, I, I remember, I, yeah, I can, we can tell stories on that. Uh, just for the listeners, uh, set the scene a little bit because I think it is unique. Is Grandpa would drive an old Winnebago up. Now it was, if you've seen Christmas Vacation, it was a nicer Winnebago than what Eddie had, or cousin Eddie had. Okay, it was nicer, but that's basically the only thing he kept that around for was hunting. Just to go up to hunt, and we yeah. usually hunted first season, which was a three-day season, and we'd go up two days like like middle of the day two days before Mm -hmm. and it would it would open on a a friday saturday sunday and um and then the other they'd pop up a couple of tents and stuff like that and i remember you and i would sleep in the 
you know, above the Winnebago, there's the bed, above and there's the, not much room there. Above the cab in yeah. that little double bed up there. Yeah, and it, I mean, there's this much room, and, uh, you know, but it was, uh, we'd sit there and play poker, and then, you know, it was, finally it was, you know, next morning was going to be open in the morning. We know we we're going to get up at 3.30, and it's exciting. I couldn't sleep, you know, and... Yep. And so it was, uh, and, and the way they hunted was exciting. Uh, it, uh, it was it was basically jeep hunting. So you get in the jeep and you drive out to the place, and then you circle the tops of the of the canyons, and, and you just scout for deer. Yeah. And and then when you find a deer, then the hunt's on. Yeah. And you might have to walk down into a, but, you a know, canyon and up on the other side. I don't and, remember carrying binoculars. We didn't. We looked no, under no, scopes, okay. huh? Well, there was scoping, but... Because remember, when we, we would leave, and if we looked at anything, I'm, uh, this is just my memory, so, uh, you know, a, a 12-year-old or 13-year-old's memory can yeah. be... But I remember, we nobody carried binoculars. We would l- walk out, and we'd have probably a thing of water and an apple and some candy. And then we'd, we might walk down a whole ridge line and almost jump deer up out of the canyons. Um, we'd throw rocks into the canyons once yeah. they'd bedded down to try and jump them up. And then, of course, you, they would expose themselves on the open faces on the other side coming up. And you'd get about a 200-yard shot yeah. or something. Yeah. Did, and that now, like, if, if I was to go in and hunt that, I would hunt that completely different. Yeah, it was a, it was a kind of a traditional way to hunt yeah. that, in hindsight, really wasn't that technical and... Uh, I think it was effective because the deer were so plentiful. And, and we were meat hunters, so we didn't care about the size of the antler. No, it's true. Just kill a deer, get the tag on right. it, get it in a tree, yeah. and then go out the next day and get another one. Yeah, well. Well, and, and, if, and if Uncle Virgil shot his, and you had an open tag, yeah, yeah. and he You're, had an opportunity, yeah. he'd shoot yours, yeah. and then and hang that one in a tree. And if, yeah. Yeah, what's the... What's the how long is it when they can't pr- statue deliver <laughs> statue <laughs> limitations? <laughs> so, um, you know, I've heard about this a lot. It's called party hunting, and you have four tags, and there's eight of you, um, and you go out and you, it, it, you know, the first four, first four, or whatever, yeah. whoever guy gets, his, you know, and in some states that's legal. I don't believe it was legal in New Mexico. And I'm not saying that ever happened or didn't happen. Um, but I do. Yeah, I'm sure I, my memory might be faulty. Yeah, I do remember thinking uh, there was times that Uncle Virgil would take off and he would be gone all day. And Uncle Virgil usually killed a deer opening morning. I just remember so yeah. many times. He was such an excellent shot and he was such a hard working hunter right. he would walk for miles and miles and miles yeah and um he knew the shape of the land and where the deer were and he'd get up there and he'd kill something and then then you saw kip and todd who used to walk with his him, sons his sons yeah they uh, could keep older, up with him and they could keep up with him but they hated hunting with him and they veered off. And the reason they hated hunting with them, and this is stories I learned later on, was because a, two bucks would jump up and he'd shoot them both. <laughs> He's such a good shot. He, I don't think he ever missed. I mean, I never, uh, I, according to him, he, yeah. never, he never missed. <laughs> but, but then Todd and Kip started going off and, and hunting on their own. And they learned the, you know, the, the quality uh, 
shooting, stalking, moving through country, working hard, and they were successful. And so growing up, I saw that, you know. Um, I saw that progression. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the guy that went out there and worked hard. And I, I, I figured the harder I worked, I was going to tip the scales in my favor. And I thought the way to work hard was to go and cover country. And now I look back and I say that is the silliest way to hunt because you blow more deer than you even see versus sitting. And you have these optics now. You can sit and see for miles and you just find them and then you go kill them. and then you and then you approach them in a way yeah. that won't scare them off and then you work your way in and get a shot yeah yeah it's a even i know a lot more now about hunting than than yeah. uh than than before but i do think it was the times and i think it was i think you hit the nail on the head we were still in i did an article on it the heyday of of mule deer hunting in New Mexico and at uh, in the 70s into the 80s New Mexico was one of the best states for mule deer the population was thriving um, a lot of them had to do a lot of those reasons had to do with the fact that um, predation we trapped and we poisoned and there was not a lot of predators um, at the time they were doing a lot of poison which is not the best thing because you you kill a badger you kill a coyote, you kill somebody's dog because they go up and they sniff and this poison pops off. But it was very effective in killing predators. Um, they were doing a lot of a lot of burns, okay, mm-hmm. where they don't do those that many burns anymore. Um, and what that did, that did is, is because of the way the deer, deer are browsers and the feed was perfect. It, they would prime forage. As it got into the late 80s, all the prime forage was out of reach. It had grown because the burns hadn't come in and knocked it, brought it back. Um, so that was a huge thing. Um, and the way the, the, the license, you went and bought them at Walmart, right? You just went and bought your license and went and hunted. And um, so there's, there's a lot of factors that went into why that was such a special time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, remember, I remember one uh story specifically we were i think we were eating lunch or maybe like a mid mid snack or was something 10 30 11 o'clock in the morning we were at the scrambler and i went down a draw just to take a leak behind a bush and i heard all this ruckus and a big 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 deer jumped up and i remember him watching him go over the you know over the ridge and um of course everybody's trying to find their gun and they're all making a sandwich on the back of it you know and they look up and there's trevin just jumps i mean he was literally 15 feet from me on the other side of the bush and i you know take a leak and look up and all i see is antlers as he's starting off you know trotting off up over the ridge and then it gets to the top and you hear boom boom and we went look nobody i don't we never found blood and nobody really because I think there was a couple people with us that we were pretty sure that they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn anyway <laughs> um, but I remember that just thinking okay we did something wrong there well, how could we have effectively hunted that deer he's huge I mean I just remember of course I was you know 14 years old what, 15 years old how big he was how could we have hunted that deer effectively 
And so I think that was the beginning for me of going, okay, this is a really great way and this is a unique way, but is this the best way? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know the best way, but I think uh, I've learned a lot. But those are memories that are so, so precious to me because that, as I look back, it all started there in that time, you know. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something about the TV shows. Well, for me, a lot of it was uh, Tarzan, Louis L'Amour, mm-hmm. authors, authors that I read that really, for me, sparked that interest in wild places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was reading. It was mm-hmm. just, could I be Tarzan? Mm-hmm. Could I go out like Daniel Boone or Grizzly Adams and live off the land? I wanted to think I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of that was, what was I searching? I was just searching for adventure. So. When did you uh, start bow hunting instead of, do you pr- primarily use a bow I, I primarily now? bow hunt now. <clears throat> when um, did you? You know, really, I, 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 I bow hunted a little bit. Um, so again, Todd and Kip and my Uncle Virgil, and they got into bow hunting. Um when I was in high school, maybe a little bit after high school, they were bow hunting pretty hard. And I was wrestling. And so, you know, the only hunt I really went on, which I look forward to all year, was uh, that mule deer hunt, first part of November. My wrestling season was just getting going. I remember I'd always miss one duel or something, you know, because I wasn't going to miss that. And, um, and then... They got into bow hunting, and I remember I got one of uh, one of their one of their bows. Didn't know a whole lot about it. I'd shot a recurve, you know. I'd made mm-hmm. my own and shot recurves playing around, but I'd never. I tried to hunt rabbits with it with Carr back in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the desert behind Grandpa's house. But um, then, as time went on, um, I was shooting up. At the time, you shot with fingers. And I was shooting right-handed, instinctive. So that means no sights. It was a, a, a bow with cams. It was a point-blank pro line. I'm, I'm dating myself. That's, they don't even make this bow anymore. And we would shoot. Um, but they were much more into the hunting aspect of it than I was. And at that time, I you know, then I went off and, and to college and then rodeoed and and hunting kind of fell by the wayside. So I really didn't get back into it or get serious about it, you know, 20, 20 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, the exciting thing about bow hunting is I never thought going out with a gun and just shooting a target. I mean, you wanted to make sure your gun was on, but it wasn't that much fun to me. Mm-hmm. I love to shoot a bow. And when I moved to Colorado, I met a gentleman that, uh, of course, I wanted to shoot right-handed still because I had before, and he checked my eye dominance. I was so dominant left eye, he said, you need to shoot left-handed. And I switched. And uh, he was right. Uh, Immediately, uh, you know. So I really got some good mentoring and coaching. Who is that? His name was Jim, Jim Widmeyer. He owned Aerodynamics. He's passed on. Um, he had a heart attack a few years back, but um, quite a quite an individual. Okay. He did. Um, he mentored a lot of people, and uh, so, but you know, we just we just kind of we just kind of picked up a bow and went. You know, 
I didn't realize that there's just like, you know, there's things, this is fit for you. This is to your draw length, to your application, to your eye, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I mean, with a rifle there is too, but, I mean, if you slide a rifle in, and you so you could probably hand it to me, and I could probably put it on paper too. I mean, just look through the scope or, you know, but it's not that way with the bow. Mm -hmm. And I just fell in love with shooting. Mm -hmm. and shooting and shooting and learning mm -hmm. and then then now now I'm going to take this thing that now I've taken my distance and condensed it and now I'm going to sneak in to get within that effective mm -hmm. range it always seemed to me like uh, I mean I've never bow hunted but it seemed like it's uh, kind of more fair to some degree sure <laughs> and uh, and also more of a challenge and more more interesting uh and more technical and, uh, and, and so forth. And, and I think what's interesting when you say it's fair, I, I think what we have to realize, and this is, again, my progression, my growth, is that we as hunters play a part in conservation. It's hard to explain to somebody how you can love something. I love elk. I love mule deer, yet I kill them. You know, like you say, it hurts your heart. But yet, on the flip side... Um, if I have a box, and that's an ecosystem, there's only so much room. Prime forage, cover, you know, if they, if, if they overpopulate, hello, if they overpopulate, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. What happens? Well, then you have disease, you have major die-offs, okay? Well, and these animals are also bred to procreate. That it's in their DNA. They're going to, and so now your box just got f more full. What do you do? Well, you've got to manage that. Mm -hmm. If we had never stepped in and started building cities and suburbs and, and encroaching on their ecosystems, their, their ranges, their summer range, their winter range, and, uh, and all of these travel routes in between, they wouldn't be as big as an issue. But as their box keeps getting smaller, in order to have healthy population numbers, you, you can only, you know, so, so hunters play such a pivotal role in that, and that's something mm -hmm. I've learned. Right. It's important um, to play the part, because you know what happens when we don't? Then they hire people to come in and shoot them at night. And like bears in Colorado. People voted out bear hunting in Colorado. They've the been bear population bear population up. skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Now we can hunt them in the fall, we can't hunt them in the spring. Spring is when you need to shoot bears because they, that's when you can find them. <laughs> mm -hmm. What good does hunting bears if you can't find them? Because in the fall, they're not in the open grass meadows trying to eat green grass to get the plug that they had during hibernation out and, and start to get you know, replenish their their body fat. Um, they they ended up bringing in people, paying them, and they shot hundreds of black bear and buried them. Hmm. That's 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 mm -hmm. horrible. In order to keep mm -hmm. the number of animals in, in the to, box right. down. What people people's houses were getting broken into by bears they were hungry there's not enough food mm -hmm. they had gone above and beyond what their carrying capacity was so these people that voted out 
not shooting mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, we did a great thing. No, you didn't, because you took value away from bears. With a bear hunt, it brings a uh, structured and ec- economic impact to the area. They utilize because it's against the law to shoot a bear and leave it. You have to utilize the meat. You have to utilize the hide. Okay? So now they're bringing it something and it's becoming something important to somebody. They have to, you know, they're going to. Instead of burying it, putting it in a dadgum ditch and burying it. Mm -hmm. Now who's the winner? Mm -hmm. The same animals had to be killed. It just wasn't by hunters. Right. So there's that aspect of it that I've learned but there was also that aspect of I took this thing with a string and this pointy thing and I put it on the string and I snuck in and I shot it and you got close enough and I got close enough and so that plays into that adventure Mm -hmm. and that wild being right wanting to be wild Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean it that that's that was kind of my journey Mm mm-hmm as a bow hunter. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing, especially with my daughter, I'm being able to even step back and see, hey, you know what? Rifle fu- rifle hunting is pretty dadgum fun. Mm-hmm. I took Avery her first deer hunt and we sat in a blind. Matter of fact, I was so proud of her. We kept bumping these deer out of this area we were hunting out of a blind and she was hunting with a bow. And first hunt, she's hunting with a bow. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, we kept bumping these deer out. So we go in at 9 o'clock at night, December 21st in Colorado. So it's about 21 degrees. We just packed, put a backpack on with our stuff, and we hiked in there and slept in the blind. Got up the next morning, and the sun's rising. I get my cameras all set up, and here comes this big deer we've been after. And I'm like, this is going to happen. She's going to get a shot at, you know. I, won't, I won't, wouldn't let her shoot further than 30 yards, so he had to get within 30 yards. And he's rutting, and he's coming in, and does and, and I'm like would you shoot a doe she goes no I'm not I'm gonna shoot this buck okay okay we came to 35 yards but no closer <laughs> <laughs> but that was the most awesome experience uh, because uh-huh. we we put a li- limit on ourselves uh-huh. with bow hunting then I get home my wife says would you just take her rifle hunting please uh-huh. just take her get one you know so last year we went to wyoming and she killed a great buck made a great shot with a rifle and and so you know it was it's good hunting it's too. still good hunting it's still fun it's still mm-hmm. uh, you know there's still so so many things about it and for me it's like we talked about it's the preparation it's that you know it, mm-hmm. it's that time in the field and i don't care how you are hunting I don't care if you're successful or not, because that's not what makes it successful. What makes it successful is being together and out there, mm-hmm. and, and that's where the memories, at least for right. me, right. just are, just stand out, mm-hmm. stand out. And mm-hmm. I mean, I could, mm-hmm. I could, and I, to be honest, I don't know if some, if I didn't make some of them up, you know, over time, I'm like, did that really happen, you know, or or, or if it was me just kind of. As, as a child, mm-hmm. the way I perceived it, and I built this up, but mm-hmm. it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, <laughs> That's good stories, though. Yeah. Well, tomorrow we will head down, and I'm excited to have you guys all there. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, seeing this uh, eight-minute film. 
Uh, it took uh, so much more than that to make. It took it took a us lifetime. Three, three, well, really, a lifetime. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It took us three and a half years to film it, uh, the yeah. adopted piece, and uh, so it it was fun. It was, you know, uh, talking about filming that piece. I wanted to to share the special story of how dad and I hunt together now dad you know now you've heard it on the podcast he wasn't much of a hunter still he really has no desire to pick up a rifle and hunt anything but but I love to I love to hunt with a camera right I love that Mm -hmm. and so now rather than you hunting so that I could go you get to go with me and hunt with the camera and we still get to spend that special Mm -hmm. time so it's a great story um, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it i just we, three and a half years ago we we kind of started filming and um dad had been already two two or three years prior to that filming my whitetail hunts and uh then i wanted to capture our interaction so then i i ended up having a, a cameraman who's a, a great filmmaker and he uh mike steven and he actually i started telling him you know you're coming to film my hunt and he goes well your dad's filming i said no my dad's filming my hunt but you're filming my dad and i mm-hmm. because i want to mm-hmm. i want to tell this story that's the story behind the story mm-hmm. and um and it was and it just kind of took a mind of its own and so it's pretty cool it's yeah. neat to see you uh, produce things make things create things i admire you for that yeah i, I sometimes i i don't i don't know where where I come up with some of the ideas. But I think I have the encouragement uh, to dream from from being young. I mean, I was always a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm not scared of that. So if I have an idea, um, it's we're, we're doing a film for Avery School. And I had this concept of conceptual... To a day in the life of at, at at the school and you know and it's great now we're going to be going making this film for them and and you know but if you had a dream and you you just just be able to to try and sometimes as you get older i realize that's completely out of the realm of possibility <laughs> you know rein it in but mm-hmm. um i'm not scared you know jay you and i were talking about podcasts and why we started this and to me it's just it didn't I, I just started researching it I mm-hmm. found out well like, what what do you need to do and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's not hard because the conversations that we have we could be sitting here without all this electronic stuff recording this and we could be having the exact same conversation mm-hmm. and to be able to bring other people in who can identify with that I think there's power in that and mm-hmm. there's strength in numbers where hey I can relate with those guys you know I had a grandpa that was like that or Mm -hmm. uh, you know my dad didn't hunt Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. so good stuff Mm -hmm. well thanks for sitting down with me guys you're welcome our pleasure and I'm really looking forward to tomorrow yeah it's going to be good times good times well as always we want to thank you for listening and I want to encourage you to go out and find your wild whether that's your grandpa's back 80 in the midwest or the rocky mountains we're fortunate to live at the base of um embrace that go out find your wild and embrace it god bless and we'll see you down the road